Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. My guest today is Dr. Tabitha Carr. She is a naturopath and a leading authority in the field of women's health and wellness. She focuses on the powerful and effective tools of natural medicine. She's a leading advocate for women combining the power of body, mind, and spirit to bring positive changes to their lives. Dr. Carr recognizes that women today face many personal challenges which can keep them from living a full life, including managing their weight, hormonal imbalances, blood sugar imbalances, and renal fatigue. She specializes in getting to the root causes of a woman's symptoms, and she partners with her clients with the goal of increasing their health, their energy, and their life balance. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Tabitha. Thanks for being here. And thank you so much, Dawson. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I just so enjoy your focus on both the nutritional and the spiritual and psychological tools. And I know that those can bring you the best of all possible worlds. Let's just go ahead and talk about those three things, though, that you you do focus on, because any one of those things can produce a huge compromise in a woman's quality of life. Let's first talk about weight, then hormonal imbalances, and then blood sugar and adrenal fatigue. Absolutely. Well, let me start by giving you just a brief history of what I have gone through personally and my struggles with weight and adrenal fatigue and blood sugar imbalances. My health challenges started when I was just 16 years old. Uh, My mom taking me to the doctor at 16 and the doctor telling me that I have high blood pressure. And at the time, I was a women's size 22, um, well over 200 pounds, but I was being told I had high blood pressure. And of course, I didn't understand really what that meant. And when I asked the doctor, the doctor says, well, your blood pressure is high. So I just need to give you some medicine so we can reduce it. And I said, but I don't understand, you know, why do I have to take it? And she said, so you don't have a have to, so you don't have a stroke at the age of 30. So right there is, you know, where we have a little bit of a gap. You know, of course, it's the it's the job of our doctor to make sure that our numbers are good. But at the age of 16, there was obviously something going on internally that would cause my blood pressure to be elevated. You know, it probably wasn't arterial plaque because I was so long, so young. But, you know, was it stress? You know, was it high insulin levels? You know, was it my kidneys? Did I have a sodium potassium? 
potassium imbalance? You know, was I deficient on my minerals or my vitamin D? So right there, a band-aid was basically put on my symptoms. So we never really got to the root cause. And as a result, when I was in my 20s, I was on a second blood pressure pill. And then into my 30s, I was on a third blood pressure pill. And that third blood pressure pill was to basically support my kidneys from the side effects of first blood pressure pill. Then into my 30s, I was having the blood sugar problems, the panic attacks we know relates to the adrenals. And then I started having hormonal issues at the age of 35. These hormonal issues resulted in me being on a cycle for three months. And of course, I was presented with the options of, hey, well, you can take this, you know, or we can remove this, you know, and have surgery, and then everything will be okay. And, you know, we come from a history to where, you know, personally, my my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, you know, they all had hysterectomies at the age of 40. And 35, I didn't have any children yet. And I definitely didn't want to go through that. So that's that's pretty much how I got started is I did a complete life change, a lifestyle change to really change my life so I could stop having these progressive problems that I was having in my body that was basically related to related to food, Dawson. And that's how I got into this industry of helping women and serving women with their challenges. Yeah, it's very powerful when you have had that kind of background, you can then empathize with your clients, you know their struggles, you know what it's like to have those things happen to you and how it drastically affects your quality of life. And that's a wonderful motivator and point of contact to connect with other people and to, to help them. So what was your inflection point for, first of all, your weight? What did you do to bring it down and then your other root cause issues? What? Okay. Well, I tell you, you know, I woke up every year with the same lose weight New Year's resolution. And, you know, I've tried different diets and all of them seem to work, you know, at first, but then you fall off the wagon, you gain all the weight back and you're right back where you started from. And then the next year, sometimes you're even heavier than you were the previous year. Uh, so so understand this is the cycle that I went through. You know, I felt like I was on a diet all my life. And, and a lot of ladies feel that way, that they're dieting every single day of their life. You know, it's like their life resol- revolves around food and what can I eat that's healthy for my body, but yet they're still the same size. Um, so it, it honestly, it took, it took prayer you know, really asking God to help me and help me understand what's going on, help me understand how to heal my body. And of course, I looked into natural remedies, but it was a combination of things for me, Dawson. It was my my blood sugar wasn't controlled. And we know that when you have an 
up and down blood sugar and uncontrolled blood sugar, you store fat more easily. So that was one thing. My hormones, of course, were out of whack. You know, excess estrogen, even excess progesterone can lead to, to weight issues and, and, and really having challenges with losing weight. But then the number one thing was my emotional and mental attachment to food. Because no matter what, you know, I would always start on the right foot, you know, losing weight, exercising at the beginning of the year. And when I fell off, I gained the weight back. And the weight gain was not a result of not exercising, it was a result of what I was feeding to myself, what I was taking in, the food I was taking in. So really working on myself, really figuring out what my triggers are. You know, am I an impulsive overeater? Am I a compulsive overeater? You know, why do I choose to not eat the things that aren't good for my body. You know, after after the cravings start, where, where's that self-sabotage coming from? You know, so really figuring that out, really charting that and taking a look at when do I eat? You know, is it stress? So figuring that all out. So it's not necessarily about being, it wasn't about being vegan or paleo or, or Aikens or the cabbage soup diet and every other diet, you know, that's out there. You know, because believe me, I tried the cabbage soup diet more than once to where you eat bananas all day and the next day apples and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's like I've been there, done that, and nothing seemed to work. Back then, the all-meat diet, of course, I was loading up on bacon and, and pork steak, pork chop, and everything else you can think of. And of course, that's not the way to go. You know, there's a proper way to do the keto diet. But it, it really was a combination. And, and, and I had to be ready. You really have to be ready and, and set that intention and get your mind to where you are ready. And at 35, when I was having the hormonal problems, it really, really did something. It really triggered something in me where I said, I have to. And plus, I was putting my life on hold. You know, I wasn't studying. I wasn't in naturopathy at the time. I wasn't following my passion. I always wanted to be this side, helping people, supporting people. But I felt like, you know, I'm almost 300 pounds. Who am I to tell people and to counsel and mentor people about their health? So I wasn't. This was very life-changing for me. It was very life-changing. So it was really a combination of things that had to happen in order for me to get where I am today. You know, I so appreciate your emphasis on the emotional and mental attachment to food, because as I've looked at people doing programs, I actually have a close friend who has a big weight loss program. And um, when he was launching it last year, I, to support him, I enrolled and was in his program. And the information in his program, Tabitha, was absolutely superb. Just first class information that people were learning in the program. And yet, because it was all about nutrition and about exercise and about diet and about food choices, and it wasn't about emotions, it wasn't about that mental attachment you talked about. Um, people really struggled with it. And so unless 
people get that piece right unless they figure out the emotional drivers of their eating. Loading up on information, even the best information, isn't going to be effective because your mind can know you shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't be eating this time of day, you should be doing this behavior, and so on. But if emotionally you're driven to a behavior, then those emotions will overrule those mental decisions. And it sounds like that's where you found yourself. Absolutely. That's where I found myself year after year because you, you, you have to remember this low self esteem. It started back at the age of 16 and maybe even before being an overweight child, being picked on, having to wear a women's size 22. You know, you can't shop at the stores that your friends are shopping at. You know, that really does something to the, the self-esteem. And and, I, and it just kind of went along with me as that baggage into my 20s. I took it into my 20s. I took it into my 30s. Took this feeling of really, you know, not being good enough in a lot of areas in my life that I had to fix. And I didn't fix this overnight. So be really clear, this does not happen overnight. It is about personal growth. And I continue to, to grow. I continue to work on myself because these are habits that I've had for, for years and thought about myself that I've had for years. And I had to really change that around, you know, and and I remember being younger, watching the Oprah show and, and her alluding to we overeat because something's going on it, with us internally. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I don't have anything going on internally with me, but really it's not true. It's not true. And I really had to ask God to, to help me reveal it to me and really just work on it, really just work on my personal growth and my emotional and physical state. I think having a spiritual practice, as you describe, having a relationship and a sense of connection with a higher power, I, mm -hmm. I know for me has been so vital to every part of my life's journey and weight, including weight loss and weight maintenance and what I eat. And it's, it's really powerful for me to meditate in the morning, to tune in, to have a sense of a connection with the universe and a benevolent universe. And I know that a lot of my, my choices come from having that spiritual practice. I can really see how that's been a powerful source of emotional support for you and also motivation to change. Absolutely. And even that didn't happen overnight. You know, you go through these phases and, and this affects all of us where we might skip days, you know, without prayer or, or meditation or even go week without prayer or, or meditation. But it's something that needs to be incorporated in our life. It really does daily. It needs yeah. to be incorporated daily. It, it does. And uh, one of the most interesting things that I've been doing, I've been reading about recently is some of the research on gene expression. And research is showing that spirituality is associated with a number of changes in the genome. And one of the, the classes of genes that is regulated when people have a strong spiritual practice, meditate, especially, is genes that have to do with metabolic regulation, insulin sensitivity, metabolic regulation, and that whole complex of phenomena. Tabitha, as you've talked about that moment when you were diagnosed and you realized that you were facing the real possibility of a hysterectomy and you were in your 30s, that was your pivotal moment. 
how do all of these things work together? Weight, hormones, the kinds of physiological shifts you were seeing, adrenal and thyroid problems. How do all of these things work together in a woman's body? Absolutely. Well, well I want to start out by saying, you know, a lot of this is, is progressive, right? So it, it happens over years, but yet there are warning signs that tell us something's not right. And again, my warning signs started to show up at the age of 16 and it continued, you know, I remember around, it was around, I would say 10, maybe eight years ago at my job, we, we had a free health check. And I remember my fasting glucose was in the 90s. And of course, this was before I, I did my lifestyle change, before I went back and studied naturopathy. But she was like, that's not good. And I was like, okay, you know, no big deal. I basically didn't do anything with that information. And sadly, that's what we're doing. You know, when the doctors telling us, okay, you're, you're kind of borderline, you're kind of at risk, okay, and what does that mean? <laughs> you know, so we're not taking the necessary lifestyle changes when we have our warning signs. So what I'm saying is this happened progressively. So, you know, defining inflammation, you know, inflammation is, is a response to toxins, a response to stress, a response to dietary overload. So this this response, this inflammatory response is affecting our adrenals because our adrenals, it's what's controlling some of the fluid in our body. You know, it's our adrenals that play a role in our carbohydrate metabolism. They play a role in our protein metabolism. They play a role in our fat metabolism. When we have this dietary overload that's causing inflammation in our body, it's our adrenals that we're wearing out that has to kick in and really clean it up because inflammation is really a slow process of deterioration. And our adrenals is directly correlated to our thyroid, which our thyroid supports our metabolism. Some of the symptoms that we would see for low thyroid is excess weight, dry skin, you know, thinning hair. So it's hormones that are produced by the thyroid that are having challenges challenges as well. Say for instance, our T4 to T3. And basically if, if you're listening and you don't know what that means, T3 is our active thyroid hormone that, you know, burns that fat for us. And if, if we're struggling with that conversion, that conversion is happening with the support of our liver, with the support of our adrenals. But if we're constantly stressing our body, constantly have dietary overload, then our adrenals are tired. Our adrenals is our stress gland. It's our fight or flight. It's what's regulating that stress in our bodies. So if we're having problems with our adrenals, we're having problems with our thyroid. And if our adrenals are weakened and if our adrenals are fatigued, it's because we've worn our adrenals out because of the inflammation that we're causing in our bodies. You know, inflammation can come from dairy, you know, if we're sensitive to dairy. Inflammation can come, it can come from red meat. Um, inflammation, you can see inflammation as as a result of swollen ankle. You can see inflammation in our respiratory system, but it's our adrenals that's having to kick in all the time to really combat all the stress that is going on in our body. You know, inflammation blocks the hormones
hormone called leptin, which is our fat burning hormone. So inflammation really does wreak havoc. And what happens is this fluid, this inflammation, it enters our tissues and causes damage. And our adrenals really have to react and send in workers, which would be free radicals and white blood cells to really clean up any damage that has occurred from inflammation. Um, and the only thing that's really protecting us from these free radicals that's cleaning up dead tissue is antioxidants. And again, in order to have that protection, in order to have that antioxidant protection, our diet has to be full with fruits and vegetables, basically high antioxidant foods. So again, this goes back to the diet. It goes back to the diet. So through all, all of these years of not being educated, not being taught. I mean, because we basically, I come from the South. I'm used to that Paula Dean style cooking. You know, that's what we grew up on. Really just not knowing, not knowing what to eat, not knowing how to eat. This really affects us. And it's just a, a domino effect. It's a domino effect. Yeah, and we have to change that. And we have to understand how to get a handle on this. Tabitha, you've described a lot of different elements to the wellness journey here. And that can seem overwhelming to people. Mm -hmm. So if you were to travel back in time to talk, say, to your 30-year-old self, where would you tell her to start? Oh, that is a great question. And I love that question. And I do really wish I had a time machine where this could actually happen. The first thing I would do is to tell her to love herself, first of all, to put herself first and know that she is everything she ever needs. She's more than enough. Number two, I would tell her that you are severely dehydrated. Going an entire day without drinking water is unacceptable. To start drinking half of your body weight in ounces, of course, in water. Drink half your body weight in water because most of the time you're not hungry. You're thirsty. I would tell her to exercise. I don't care how much much she doesn't want to do it, you have to do it. Even if you start out at 10 minutes a day, it is an absolute must. I would tell her to start incorporating healthier foods, even though I remember her at 30. She did eat healthy foods. However, she ate really unhealthy foods as well. I would tell her that the way she's going, she's going to start having blood sugar problems, which will be harder to manage in 10 years. I will tell her the path that she's going down, she's going to start having hormonal problems, which is going to be harder to manage, which will be threatened, you know, her ability to have children. So I would tell her to definitely better. Water, exercise, eat better. And I would tell her to have an outlet for stress. You know, stress affects our body and really explain to her the important sleep and how our body heals during sleep. And just to focus on that outlet, making sure you are engaging with social circles and not being so introverted and keeping to yourself. Engagement is very important when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to loving yourself. You have to engage with people. Those would be my top things 
things that I would tell her, along with making sure she's getting essential fatty acids and B vitamins to support her hormonal health and to support her stress. Yeah, those are all such crucial things. And those are all ones which are under our control. We don't need the prescription for any of those things, anybody to help us with any of those things. We can do, we can choose to do all of those things. But that that first one, I love your your very first suggestion, that the first thing you do is have her love herself and believe that she's enough. Because that sounds like where a lot of this started for you when you were a teenager and you didn't feel loved. You had low self-esteem and you just didn't feel as though you were good enough. And I think building up that sense of self-worth is a crucial part to approaching these problems. Mm-hmm. It is, but, and it affects your life in, in a lot of areas, you know, even in relationships, you know, if, if something failed, then I would think it was me. It's me that's not enough. And, and that's simply not true. You know, our mind is a powerful, powerful thing and it really affects, it can really affect our life. But, but yeah, you know, thinking that you're not enough and, and having the low self-esteem and the self-doubt will, will affect your, your life in so many ways. So it's so important um, to really practice, practice self-love, you know, practice, practice gratitude, you know, and continue, continue to grow and love yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful advice to give that younger version of you. What are some of the signs that you're deficient in those supplements that you mentioned earlier? Well, um, one of my number one signs was, well, besides the, the blood pressure, when you start having um, these these health challenges, that's a sign in itself. Uh, but at the age of 30, where we were talking about, and actually it was 29, um, going into 30, that's when I started having panic attacks. And we know that panic attacks, they are linked to our adrenals. Um, so that's definitely a sign that I had weakened adrenals. But, but of course, you know, the health issues started when I was a teenage, you know, these sneezing and, and itchy eyes that we have could be a sign of our body not agreeing with some food. Shedding hair. Um, I, I come across women who, gosh, you know, their hair is thinning. That's a hormonal sign. So we, we just, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many, um, I, I can't even name them. Back issues, you know, um, that's linked to our digestion and, and what we're eating. So there, there's a number of signs um, that we can see, you know, before it's too late. You know, my fasting blood sugar being in the 90s, that's a sign, you know. So so if we're getting our yearly checkups like we're supposed to be, getting our blood test every couple years, you know, we, we'll see that. You know, pay attention to those numbers. You know, I talk, tell my clients all the time, know your numbers. Know where you were five years ago to see if you moved in the wrong direction. That's very important. That's pretty good, good advice to compare where you are now with where you are in the past. I know I, I began keeping a, uh, a weight log about 10 years ago, just weighing myself every day. And also then write, writing down days when I ate various things, keeping a food diary. And it is so astonishing when you start to put two and two together and say, ah, I ate pasta yesterday and I gained two pounds or I didn't eat pasta and I stayed the same. So after a while, you start to really put it together. Once you have a retrospective, once you have some idea of where you've gone and what the consequences were, you then can make those types of adjustments. So uh, mm-hmm. that ability to look back 
and get a sense of where you were, pair that with now, then gives you a kind of yardstick to measure how you're doing. And I think many of us, if we had that kind of ability to notice where we were, would really give ourselves pause. And just keeping, keeping a personal journal, keeping a weight log, keeping a food diary, all of these things are ways of helping people become more mindful. Mm-hmm. And you bring mindfulness to your approach. When you bring mindfulness to your life, when you bring mindfulness to the way you approach your weight, your life, your health, then everything starts to change. So I really appreciate that that crucial recommendation. Tabitha, you mentioned all these signs that there were in your life, your numbers, your weight, and your medications. What are some of the ways in which people can self-assess? What are the what are the markers to look at that are risk factors that people should be aware of? Absolutely. So so there are a, a, a handful of risk factors, you know, when we're talking about our heart health, you know, that's um, metabolic syndrome. That's for a female having a waist over 35 and for a male having a waist over 40, you know, having that fasting blood sugar over 100, um, having that blood pressure 130 over 85 greater than that, having triglycerides that are over 150. And if you're HDL, which is our good cholesterol, is under 50 or under 40 for men, then we're definitely, you know, at risk along with being overweight, along with being inactive, um, we're uh, we're at risk. So some of the things um, you can look out for, some of the things that you can really do yourself is ask yourself these questions. Number one, am I exercising on a regular basis? Am I exercising on a regular basis? Number two, am I eating fiber? You know, do I have 15, 20 grams of fiber in my diet? You know, how many times a week am I eating um, fish? Am I eating fish two to three times a week? Am I eating four to five servings of veggies a day? And yes, I said four to five servings of veggies a day, because basically if you're getting four to five servings of vegetables and fruit in a day, then that leaves less room um, for the stuff that's really not serving, for the stuff that's not serving our body. And then of course, what's my blood pressure. You can check that at your local corner CVS or Walgreens or Walmart. You know, know that number. Ask yourself those things. Those are the things, instead of worrying about what I cannot eat or what I cannot do, focus on what you should be doing. Say, I should be exercising. I should be eating fiber. I should be eating fish. I should be eating a certain amount of vegetables every day. So really focus on that. And once you start getting in the nutrition that your body actually needs, then there'll be less room for the other stuff. Oh, you know, I was thinking about um, a few years ago, Tabitha, when my wife began making superfood smoothies and uh, <laughs> I thought, oh, that's just a health fad. That's, that, you know, what, this is just one of those those fads she's jumped on the bandwagon. And um, then one day after about three or four months, she didn't make her smoothie. And by about 10.30 a.m., my whole body was just going crazy. I was just like in this, I was in withdrawal. And I realized <laughs> that the, all those superfoods that she was putting in the smoothie, I was so driving on. And when I didn't get it that one day after being habituated to it after a few months, uh, my body was like so craving whatever it was that I had gotten used to in in that that form of food input. So um, it is so worth paying attention to our bodies, listening to our bodies, tuning into our bodies, giving our bodies nutritional support and attending to all of these things. And there are signs that our bodies will give us, I think, when we aren't doing um, the right thing that the body needs. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We have to, we have to 
start taking these necessary steps. And even if, because people go, I, I know people that go the entire day without eating anything nutritious, whether it's fruit or vegetables, they're not getting it. It's just a, a diet high in processed foods, which we know that this is what is damaging our hormones. A diet, diet high in sugar, a diet high in processed foods, um, overconsumption of caffeine. You know, these are the things that are triggering these adrenal fatigue issues and these hormonal issues. So, you know, we, we absolutely have to start, you know, doing better. And, you know, I tell my clients, it's about, it's an 80-20. You know, I understand you want to go out and you want to have fun and be able to eat whatever you want. And that's fine and dandy. But what are you doing the other 80% of your time? You know, make sure 80% of the time you're eating good. And if you want to go out to the Cheesecake Factory and have macaroni and cheese and a cheese cheesecake, <laughs> that's okay. You know, we, we still have to live. We have one life to live and we need to enjoy it. Yeah. I had one client of mine say, it's my birthday. Is it okay if I eat cake? Of course it's okay if you eat cake. It's your birthday. You know, eat what you want. That one meal, not going to do anything. You're okay. It's about what you're doing the other 80% of the time. <laughs> That's what really counts, yeah. And so Tabitha, just to wrap up before we, we close today, where are you now? You've been on this journey now for several years and how has it changed your life? How do you feel? I feel amazing. I have lost 80 pounds and counting. I no longer have to take three blood pressure pills. I don't have to take anything for blood sugar. I don't um, take any type of prescription medication at all. I support my body with diet, with exercise. I also take my, a good multivitamin and mineral. I take my omega-3 fatty acids or I just increase my flaxseed or my chia seed. But I make sure I get these things into my diet. Um, I, I have to take a, I take a food enzyme, you know, and the reason why is because of my weak digestion from the years of abuse, you know, having a starting a cycle at such a young age, I was affected by ibuprofen, you know, damaging my stomach lining, taking a lot of acetaminophen, you know, affected my liver. So I support my body naturally. I make sure I feed it what it needs. And digestion is a whole nother show, Doss. We can really really get into hydrochloric acid and all the enzymes, amylase and cellulase. <laughs> and of course, people need different things as well, but that goes to loving and supporting your body is powerful. I'm so glad you began to learn that, and I'm so glad you're following that path. Tabitha, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And thank you. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you so much. Thanks again. And again, for more on Tabitha's work, go to livingandlovinglife.org. 